The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com Florio and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com Florio. F-L-O-R-I-O. Thanks for your help. Ethan Evans, punting to Tylen Wallace. Evans hangs a wobbler. Wallace settles under it to 25. Gets a block, comes in the near side, 30. Spins out of one tackle, 35. Along the near side, like Philly. He's at midfield. Wallace to the 30. Still on his feet, 30. 20. Celebration time. Wallace in the end zone. It's exhausting watching that play. That's like a full season of highlights for a guy in one play. He spins out of the tackle. He keeps his feet. Breaks another tackle. Doesn't go out of bounds. No flags thrown. Unbelievable. And the Ravens get the win, 37-31 in overtime. Probably the most exciting game of the day, most competitive game of the day, back and forth. Those are the games I love. Anything from 31-28 to 41-38. That's my window of awesome NFL game, one that I very much look forward to just watching the whole thing and nothing else and just getting a sense of the ebbs and the flows and where the key moments were. and Just a great, great game. And for the Ravens, avoiding blowing another fourth-quarter lead at home against the Rams team. They probably should have beaten worse than a touchdown in overtime, but it was was just fun to watch. And it's one of those things that happens in December, and look at how euphoric they were as they get closer and closer to the end of the road. This is the kind of thing gives you a kick in the ass as you have these big games coming up against the Jaguars, against the 49ers, where you've got the confidence you can keep it going and take that one seed and do something with it this time. Four years after they were last time, the one seed and yeah. lost at home to the Titans, right. this is the chance to get the one seed and try to make it parlay into a Super Bowl appearance for the first time since 2012. I feel like it was the only thing we needed to see from the Ravens that we hadn't really seen, right? I think the Ravens are really good, and you know that. I think they have the potential to be up there with the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys as an elite upper echelon type of football team. They're not playing their best football right now. They're not, right? But what I come back to is the way they won the football game. Like you said, blew a fourth quarter lead, but then came back. Right, And we hadn't seen that. Really, this has been one of the things that I would say is missed from Lamar's overall resume since being one of the greatest quarterbacks in our game ever since he entered the football. It's just fourth quarter comebacks, those type of games. It seems like more times than not, and you can go back into last year as well. Close football games, they lose. You know, 
you know, when they win, they kind of dominate and control the game throughout, and they win by 10 or 14, and that's kind of how it works, right? But there's one thing that you look at his resume, the Ravens' resume. Wait, fourth quarter comebacks, Lamar driving him down late in the football game. And then, hey, listen, I don't want to blame him. There's been a number of times where he's done things like that, and then their defense lets it down. So their team has not had a lot of wins this way. And I think to your point, that's the big thing because – the playoffs are going to serve you two of two of the four games you play are going to be just nail biting. And it's going to be who's more clutch at the end of the football game because the teams are that even. And hopefully this can give them some confidence to win those type of football games. And Tylen Wallace was in the game because Devin DuVernay was injured. So right. the backup punt returner, only the fourth time ever in league history that an overtime game was decided by a punt return for a touchdown. And the second time this year, this year week one, The Jets beat the Bills on Xavier Gibson's punt return for a touchdown. Do you have any idea? Can you even begin to remember who the other two were? I just looked it up, and I refreshed my memory on one of them. The other one, I just never, it never really registered. But the Rams were on the wrong end of one of them. The Rams were on the wrong end of one of them? They were on the wrong end of one of them in 2011. Wow. A rookie in 2011. A rookie first-rounder. Returned a punt for a touchdown in over 2011. Mm, I don't remember. Go ahead, give it to me. Arizona Cardinals rookie in 2011, first rounder, defensive back, still playing. Peterson? Patrick, Patrick Peterson, Peterson returned a punt for wow. a touchdown to win the game 19 okay. 13, 99 yards, four broken tackles, a 360 spin to get free. That was 2011. That's incredible. The first time it happened, 1995. Right. Kansas City Chiefs against the Chargers. Okay. Receiver. Tamaric Vanover. Oh, man. Florida State legend. Yarder. Tamaric yeah. Vanover. Wow. That's, that's a blast from the past. Wow. Yeah. Number 87 back in the day for the Kansas City Chiefs. So four times, but twice this year, and we saw it yesterday as the Ravens pull off the win. Um, I feel bad for the Rams. I mean, they had won three in a row. And Gutsy. think of how differently we view right. the Rams yeah. if they had pulled off that win. They gave it everything they had. They went into a tough spot, and the bubble gets popped a little bit, and now they're still – Oh no, they're they're on the in the hunt board. They're yeah. not in the right. playoff picture yet. Right, but they're they're the equivalent to the Bills in the NFC. I hear you. You don't want them showing up on you know this road to 49ers Cowboys could get disrupted by the Rams. They're definitely the one of those teams. They've that's got right. the talent to do it. They got the coaching to do that's it. That's right. And if the you moxie, get, if the, you get a team culture, that's thinking it. past at all, right. Right. they're going to catch you. Right. I mean. Yeah, do we think that the Rams couldn't hang in there with the Detroit Lions in a in a wild card oh, game? Wouldn't that be a great right? game? Exactly. Stafford back Stafford in Detroit off. doing that. Exactly right. And could they win that? Of course they can. You know, the Rams, listen, if they don't make the playoffs, it's just because they had an early season tough schedule. They lost a few games maybe that they should have won or could have squeaked out. Of course, you had the Matthew Stafford injury. That hurt them a little bit at one point. So, you know, but to your point, They've already exceeded expectations for me. They played really damn good yesterday. And, you know, the game itself was, like like you said, it was exciting. It was fun. It was a little sloppy that added, added to the excitement. I mean, early on in the football game, we had big plays from both sides on the offensive side of the ball. It was almost like vice versa day. The game started with the Rams, if you remember. Remember, they ran the ball right down the throat of the Ravens to start the game. The Ravens kind of seemed like early on they were a little bit still in the hammock sipping pina coladas on their bye week. They were like, whoa, wait, we're playing a real football game here? They, they seemed like they got caught off guard a little bit about the, the physicality in the moment there. Um, 
Rams drive it right down the field, run the ball every play, and then get inside the 10 and throw the ball three straight plays. That was one of the head-scratching moments. But, yeah, the big play to Isaiah, likely by the Ravens, a busted coverage by the Rams. Nobody covered them, right? Then when you had the, the Rams and Stafford answer right back with big passes to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, and then OBJ gets the little in-cut double move wide open, right? I mean, 37 points in the first half of this football game were not what I thought. In, not in, in the Ravens, Rams. But when the they Rams. were warming right. up in the tunnel. Stafford right. was warming up in the exactly. tunnel. The rain was like, so this bad. It's going to be ugly. And it's a grass field. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really good, hard fought football game and some big time clutch moments. And of course, nothing bigger than Lamar throwing the touchdown pass to Zay Flowers late in the football that was game. Incredible. Right down by five points in that moment. We haven't seen the Ravens overcome some of these moments here. You see, it was a great play design. Uh, Lamar does a great job being like a Mahomes where Josh Allen kind of floats away from the pressure just to buy a little time. And then five Zay Flowers crossing the field. Great design of the play. Great job knowing what you're going to get on the defensive side of the ball. And then this play for what the two-point conversion. To keep it alive and get rid the of day. it. the day. Saves the day because, of course, as we know, the Rams go down and kick the field goal to tie the football game. If they don't make this, they lose. So uh, great job of Lamar Jackson being clutch and great job by the Ravens hanging in there when they certainly got, you know, dealt some body blows throughout the game. I need to amend what I said earlier. Quarterback from the NFC one seed or Tyreek Hill or Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I hear you there. I think Lamar Jackson, if the Ravens get the one seed, Lamar Jackson is going to get a lot of votes. That it was could be all, that Hill and yeah. Tua split enough uh, that Lamar yeah. can pull through. I hear That was all Lamar yesterday, right? You know, that wasn't a game where you're going to look at it and go, oh, well, they ran the ball really well and their defense made plays. Their defense stunk and they couldn't run the ball worth a damn. Lamar made unbelievable plays, escaping sacks, getting positive yards like you see here, or just hanging in the pocket and waiting for people to come open. Again, these are a few of his scrambles where, yeah, there was nothing there, so he took off. But he had a number of plays where he did stuff like this. Buys time to the absolute last second and then makes a big-time throw. And, of course, his arm is talented, his feel for the game, all the different releases he has. Of course, the athlete is special, everything there. But, yeah, that was a Lamar Jackson pulling it out, carrying his football team type of performance, and he deserves that credit, and he, he does deserve to be in that MVP conversation. And, really, the Ravens could get there, and they could win it all. Yeah. They really could. The narrative that's going to come back is – when the postseason rolls around, Lamar Jackson can't deliver. Yeah, that's and this is thing. the witching hour for the Lamar Jackson injury. I don't want to be accused of jinxing him, but we've seen two straight Decembers where right. he's gotten injured. Right. And they've got some, some tough games coming up. Jaguars, 49ers. They're going to earn the one seed if they get it. they got the Miami Dolphins. And the death. So, wow. Yeah. wow. I mean, that's, that's going to do right. unbelievable when yeah. you consider what's coming up for the Ravens. Right. So that was why they desperately needed yesterday, but they got to keep working. And uh, just like the, the, the Cowboys, if the Cowboys get it, they will have earned it. If the Ravens get it, they will have earned it. And, and they're already an elite team. Yeah. And they just, you know, let's see what, we can, what uh, they can do down the street. Would you have the Ravens as your two in the power rankings last week? Would you have the Ravens? No, I had 49ers, Eagles, Eagles. and then maybe Ravens three. Right, Ravens I think three. Ravens were three. So now you're going to have the Cowboys jump the Ravens and probably be two and the Ravens three. I don't know. You don't know? Okay, don't know. we'll get back Ravens to you. Check it out. I got some time to, to, who I do them on Monday yours? night. Who's that? Is that a, a Honda? Toyota. 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 Don't, Toyota. Don't even play games. It's Toyota. Um, 
Yeah, Toyota. 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 To the point where I think I'm going to buy a Toyota truck. Wow, you should. Toyota. You owe them. I mean, they they I mean, had, they I owe them. Well, they hitched their name to you. That's I true. mean, that was a big well, risk. You owe them a car. Maybe I should maybe I should think <laughs> twice about buying a Toyota. If they would do business with someone like me, that makes me to a deeper flaw in the organization. Toyota. We may have to have a conversation they about that. They make good that. cars. I don't know about the people they sponsor. Okay, yeah, well, no question that. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Superlatives time for week 14 when pft live continues right after this they were here today yeah yeah you know I, they don't care they on they really don't care that much. you know like i think initially you know every kid reacts differently my second son definitely was a little bit emotional when i left initially but ultimately you know they have their their friends and they have all the things that they're keeping them occupied i'm the one that's trying to hang around the facility as long as i can and 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 stay around people as long as i can cuz i'm the one going back to a, a hotel room by myself Joe Flacco, he has five kids between the ages of 11 and 5. He Man. left them behind to join the No Cleveland wonder he Browns. wants to keep playing football. <laughs> Three weeks ago today is when he signed with the Browns yeah. practice squad. Yeah. And as of today, he reverts to the Browns practice squad and technically can sign with any team. <laughs> Not that it's going to happen. That's amazing. But he's been named the starter for the rest of the year, and he's not even on the team. You need to call the Vikings. Tell them to steal him right they, now. Well, I still want to know why the hell the Jets never brought him back. I asked him I about think that's that. obvious. It's number 12. I mean, number eight now for them. I think Woody... I think Woody just decided. Oh, you think he was... I think Woody just decided he's not my cup of tea. Oh, okay, that's what I think. Okay, right. but I don't know. Yeah. We for I thought this big bad New York media. Go ask the question. That's the obvious question. I just question. figured it was a little bit. Where's like, Joe Flacco? I kind of looked at it like it's Rodgers. He won a Super Bowl. Here's another guy that won a Super well, Bowl. But after Rodgers gets gonna, hurt, I don't know. After Rodgers gets I hear hurt, you. and I you're hear trying you. to figure out what you're going to do, yeah. it's like they never even considered Flacco. Well, and because Rodgers is running the organization I, a little bit right I, now, and he's not doing a very good job of it. I asked Flacco yesterday, was there ever a point where you were just expecting the phone one going right. to ring. He said, yeah, right about the time the phone rang. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't even know that he'd been named the starter for the rest of the season. That's I said, hey, great. any reaction to Stefanski making you starter the rest of the season? Well, the first time hearing of that. <laughs> so he's the guy now. I mean, That's awesome. And, and look, I mean, when you put a guy who can still throw it That's right. on a team with that kind of defense, yeah. you get the outcome you had yesterday. They handled the Jaguars, who had Trevor Lawrence, who somehow was fine. Uh, amazing, right? After getting twisted around like right. Gumby, right. The, t- taking two hours to walk to the locker room just to prove to himself and the rest of the world he was still capable of walking, comes back and plays and looks fine doing it, and the Browns still take them down in a game that was big for both teams. Jaguars have lost two in a row. The Browns had lost two in a row, needed to turn it around. Joe Flacco as my internet son would ask time and again, and I think at one point asked Donald Trump this question during wow. some sort of an online thing back in 2016. Right. Is Joe Flacco an elite quarterback? <laughs> he hilarious. is still elite. Well, it, it, Early on in the game, play actions, bootlegs, that was the name of the game, and it's a smart thing to do. We know Cleveland, they can run the ball traditionally, but the thing that I think that shocked me is just how much they've had to depend on Flacco throwing the football in the first two weeks. 40-plus throws in each game. If you told me that before you started, I would go, well, they're not going to win those games. Because the Joe Flacco thing, like you said, 
you know, still moves good, still can throw the ball in the eye-popping way. Turnovers, holding the ball too long in the pocket, trying to fit the ball into a tight window. That's been Joe Flacco's problem the last few times he's got a chance to play. But he's reeled it in to, to a degree here. And, yeah, it was really, really, you know, quite, a, quite amazing what he's doing right now. He is a unicorn in yeah. that he's the former highest-paid player in the NFL – and he didn't just walk away when the window closed on him being a star. Right. He keeps hanging around, and he keeps hanging around because he loves it. He told me, I love it, and I'm going to play as long as I can. And part of it, too, is, you know, when he won the Super Bowl, his first kid had just been born. Yeah. The kid doesn't know what's going on. Sure, right. Now his kids can enjoy it. Yeah. And they can see what dad's doing, and I think that, that means a lot to him yeah. as well. Yeah, Plus getting out of the house when you got five kids between the ages of 11 and 5. That's right. Well, yeah, and, you know, like we always kind of talk about, right, I know you've brought it up before. It's just like, well, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Like it's, he's he got the rest football. of his life to do whatever else exactly. he's going to do, and that's what he said. Right. I got the rest of my life to do something other than play football. I'm going to play football as long as I can. Yeah, and uh, you know, and and you know, to hit more on this game, of course, you know, and the throwing the football with Flacco, the plays he made there, a third and one. The first touchdown, 34-yard pass. Hey, they're playing the run. They, they catch the Jaguars' defense being too aggressive, and Joku cuts a touchdown. Of course, the, the fourth down and three, and we showed that on that montage of plays there. Fourth down and three, go for it in a big moment, right, and hit David Bell had over that, the middle. Had that bunch formation. Yep. If you watch that play, confused the Jags. Two guys bit, right? went with, with Elijah Moore, right. and Bell popped wide open. Popped open. Flacco kind of escapes to the right, finds him, touchdown. That was big. And Blitz then, was coming from the left. He knew the hot read was over there. Right, and faded and he, away and a little. And he saw him and, pop open just before he got the ball to yeah, him. Yeah, really good job by him. And, and then the other thing I'll throw on top of that, too, is it's just too hard to beat Cleveland when you're going to be – we have to drop back and throw the ball every time. You throw the ball 50 times against Cleveland – my money is they're going to make four or five plays, strip sack, interception, and turn the ball over, and that's what they did yesterday in that football game. You know, they're just they're too freaking talented across the board. And even though the the Browns won the game and at moments looked like they were controlling it, man, it wasn't. It was dicey there a little bit. You know, it was fourteen to seven. The Jags were driving. They were in the red zone. Right, Calvin Ridley doesn't turn around. Trevor Lawrence throws an interception. I don't know what the communication was there. Then they're backed up a little later. Right, they get, the defense causes a, a turnover and gives Kareem Hunt the ball uh, uh, in, in a in a spot where or it gives the Cleveland Browns an offense on the twenty two yard line going in where they get a, a twenty two yard touchdown drive. So. You know, even though the defense let up some plays and we saw Trevor Lawrence have some highlights and whatever else, that Cleveland defense, man, they're scary and they are going to make a handful of plays every game. All right, give me a superlative. Mine was Joe Flacco is still elite. Yours is what? Oh, uh, the gold rush, baby. They're going in the gold rush out there in 49ers. They have struck gold. They have struck gold. They have struck gold. I know you're just an asshole by nature. But Tell we'll, me that we'll lion lamb <laughs> thing again, too, from last uh, night. <laughs> I'm going there with my next superlative. Right, good. Don't you worry. Okay? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> the 49ers, I mean, I thought at first in the game, I went, oh, they're coming out a little bit with maybe the we beat Philadelphia and Philadelphia hangover and, and didn't take Seattle seriously, right? Um, but, but you know, all in all, their offense, the people they have on that side of the field, it's just scary good. 
and Shanahan's in a groove and using them all off of each other. But, I mean, come on. I mean, it's 150 rushing by McCaffrey. It's 150 receiving by Debo. It's 125 receiving by Ayuk. And, oh, yeah, that, you know, oh, that tight end that's an all-pro, he has a 76 yards receiving. I mean, it's just the big plays. It's just like, when is it coming? It's going to come. They start the game out. The first play is a 70-yard run by Christian McCaffrey. Two plays, 75-yard touchdown drive. And then, yeah, you saw Debo Samuel deep against Jamal Adams. Touchdown. There, running the ball off of McCaffrey. Again, to your point early in the conversation, he fakes it to McCaffrey. Nobody covers Kittle. Touchdown. That's the argument, right? Yeah, Purdy. You know, he's really good. He makes plays outside of the system, but he also is still very reliant on the greatest system in the sport right now with Shanahan and the weapons that go along with it. So that's what makes that that conversation interesting. But that defense and the way that offense is playing right now and that quarterback executing the Shanahan scheme, uh, as good as we've seen the 49ers offense look in the Shanahan era, in my opinion. And for the first time ever under Pete Carroll, the Seahawks have lost four in a row. Whoa. They gave up 411 yards to the Cowboys week 13, 527 yesterday to the 49ers. And the 49ers when they didn't healthy, like play they the whole fourth quarter. It was a I little mean, bit like a foot off the gas pedal. I, I know that we talk about these other teams because we have to. Yeah. But, but how are any of them going to beat the 49ers? As long as the key players are healthy, how are any of them going to beat the 49ers? Healthy, or you're going to have to make a – yeah – a force a turnover, which we don't see them do very often. It's going to take something extraordinary. There, there's no question about that. And, you know, they've been trying and trying. They've been so close. 2019, they had it. They've had two straight years where they, they've they had their, their playoff life end prematurely. Yeah. This may be the year that they get there, and this may be the year they win it because they are still the best team, and yeah. there's a gap. Uh, next one for me, the Buccaneers trying to disrupt a little bit. I think they're the most dangerous team in the NFC South, if they one of them is going to get to the playoffs, they're the one most likely to win a game or at least likely to lose a game. But Baker Mayfield, he's got he's got what Coach Garrett likes to call moxie. He does. And to pull off that drive at the end of the game, yep. the throw to K. Dot, and I talked to him and I said, was he open? And he laughed. And he's like, well, you know, I knew Mike Evans was going to be doubled. I knew Chris Godwin was going to be doubled. Here's the throw to Godwin that sets up the red zone Big opportunity. Throw. And watch Kate Otten here. I mean, Kate Otten's not open. No, he's not. But he said, if he, I knew if he won off the line of scrimmage, he'd have a chance. And he did. He makes that cut on the corner route. He's got a tiny little bit of separation, but the throw had to be perfect. And the Definitely. throw was perfect. throw was perfect. Back corner of the end zone. He knows if he puts it back there in a certain spot that only Kate Otten will be able to get it. And he dropped it in there perfectly. Uh, Bucks. They're another team, too, like the Bills, where there's a natural chip on the shoulder. Yeah. Nobody pays attention to right. us. Nobody believes Tom in Brady us. Tom Brady left, and we got the same right. record as we did last year with Tom Brady. Right. right. But, but nobody's – and it's yeah. like – and I kind of like – he said we cherish that, we harness it, and that becomes the thing that, that gives them a kick. And he wants to stay in Tampa. It's going to be interesting to see what happens after the season, whether they make it or don't make it to the playoffs, what kind of changes they're going to make. Will he be the quarterback next year? I think he's played well enough that he should be, and if not, there should be somebody else out there saying, hey, we could do a hell of a lot worse, a hell of a lot worse Agreed. than Baker Mayfield. I don't think their offense is all that good, right? I think it's a little, again, the, the playmakers, the yeah. quarterback, the Mike Evans and all of them, they do it. Yesterday they struggled on offense, but like what we've seen from them is – you know, in games like that, Baker Mayfield makes three or four like, whoa, that's a great throw. You know, Tampa has shown the ability, unlike 
the rest of the NFC South to be kind of explosive on the offensive side of the ball at times. I will say, this is a game where I don't know. Did the Bucks win or did the Falcons lose? That's the only thing I'll say. I think the Falcons are a better team than the Bucks, But the Falcons find ways to mess things up. I mean, hey, Koo misses two field goals in the first half. They t- Ritter holds the ball too long, backed up, takes a safety. Um, throws an interception on a screen pass that gave the ball to the Bucks. What was that, on the eight-yard line? Right, So there's things, again, where the Falcons, you sit here and go, they had 434 yards of offense. The Bucks had 290. They, can, you know, they controlled the flow of the football game, but the Bucks didn't make any big mistakes, and Atlanta made a few of them. And because of that, the Bucks hung around, and the best quarterback in the division made the plays, and that's what he is. And that's why the Bucks, I think, I don't think they're as good as Atlanta – but because they got some moxing and that guy a quarterback, it's you could see them making the playoffs. For and they sure. control their destiny. That's right. That's and right. And that's something Baker. But mentioned their a defense, times. man, I don't get it. They're getting gashed, and they seem like they have more talent than than what they're doing now. You ready for my last? Well, they want to take a break. Oh so. damn. Okay, you, we'll I can't kick, go to we'll lamb chops. Over to the, we'll, we'll do lamb chops next. Break. <laughs> okay. Stay tuned. Lamb chops next here on PFT Live. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Talk about discipline. What can you do, or is there players, coaches, staff, to help with that discipline aspect? Players, can you help improve? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I'm, I, I need to push it a little bit more. I'm just going to need to be a little more irritable, which I can do that. Oh, he can be a little more irritable. Now, remember, he said not that long ago, we're not going to yell and scream. We're going to come up with substantive points. Yeah. I think the substantive points are out the window now. It's time to yell and <laughs> scream. Be a little yell and scream, the substantive Starting to points. fall apart. And, you know, they've had four rough games. They've fortunately for them won two of them. Yeah, right. They could be in a free fall right now. Yeah. They should have lost to the Bears three weeks ago. They screwed around with the Saints. Yep. Let the Saints hang around. Right. But they lost to the Packers on Thanksgiving Day. And then yesterday they went to Soldier Field. You called it. You're on the Bears run, man. Keep betting on the Bears, I guess. Well, Bears beat the Vikings. Bears beat the Lions. You called both of them. There's games that they just match up. I actually called the Bears to beat the Lions, I think, the first time around, too, when the Lions beat them. I think I, I, think I picked them that time, too. Um, you know, And, hey, we're superlatives. Yeah, I, I called it lamb chops, first off. I did a segment last night on Football Night in America about the Lions, and it was, you know, hey, in like a lion, out like a lamb, right? March, all that. So we went out like a lamb. They came into the season like a lion, out like a lamb here so far. And Maria Taylor and Devin McCourty, they're like uh, kids. I had to explain that they never heard of it before. So I had to teach them that either way. Like you said, the Lions are reeling, and this is the first problem. Their defense is getting gashed everywhere. 
I mean, look at this. Cole Komet, is he open or is he wide freaking open? I think he's wide freaking open. Fourth and 13. They can't play man coverage. Look at, oh, there goes DJ Moore. As soon as they saw man, and then, of course, they jumped off sides, Justin Fields was like, I'm throwing to the guy that's got three rockets up his ass against the guy that can't cover him man-to-man. Boom. You know, the Bears are going to be really interesting this offseason, Mike. One, the Justin Fields decision, right, which I I think with. the decision's made. I think the way he's been playing, you got you can't, you can't, you got to give him another year. I, I hear, I, and I, what are they going to do with Ibrahim and Ryan Poles? I hope they give him another year. I think they deserve that. I mean, last year they didn't try. They didn't even spend the money. We talked about it a lot they during the year. They tore it down, and this year they started building it up. They're starting to build it up, and you're starting to see it go in the right direction. And the team has got talent. I mean, it's got real talent. If they fire Eberflus, that will be a marquee job. With all the picks that they got, people are going to want the Bears' job. You break down their your team buddy right Harbaugh, now. Your buddy Harbaugh, well, maybe, go back to the place where he was sense. a first-round pick in yeah, 1987. Right, that's his region of the country. I mean, I hear you. But I don't think they should fire Eberflus. But you break their team down. You go, that O-line, overpowering big. Those receivers, Mooney and more, right? Pretty damn legit. Cole Komet showing he's one of the best tight ends in football. The running backs are good. The D-line is good. They didn't have a pass rusher. They got Montez Sweat. And let's not forget, I think they have the most picks in the first three rounds at any team in football this year. Right? The linebackers are good. The secondary is good. They got it all right now. They really do. So they watch out for the that future. that first overall pick again. Exactly. And stockpile even more. more. Exactly. If there's few other pass rushers or whatever else they like. So they are really sitting pretty. Uh, but, yeah, that was a, a fun game to watch. A lot of big plays. And how can you not be worried about the Lions a little bit? Offense doesn't look the same. Defense is getting gashed by everybody. There's a little concern there right now. And I think, you know, Dan Campbell's going to have to get a little chippy and start biting some kneecaps off again here. Montez Sweat told me after the game that their goal was to get them to third down. Yes. Get them to third when down. When they're in first and second and they still have that play action pass available and some of the, the reverses are all still available, right? They're a problem. Third down, Jared Goff's in the pocket. All the tricks of the offensive coordinator is going to be a drop back pass. He's not capable of making plays to extend things, right? That's you. I mean, we know that about Jared Goff. He's a rhythm offensive quarterback. You know, it's, hey, I fake the ball. I come up. Coach said, take a pat, throw it there. He's not going to be the guy that, oh, wait, I'm supposed to throw it there. He's not open. The second guy's not open. Now I'll make a play in the backyard. That's not what he's going to do. And you're seeing that's where teams are getting the Lions to right now. And he's not the kind of guy that's going to carry the, carry the squad that way. Three picks against the Bears the first time. Three fumbles against the Packers on Thanksgiving. Clean game, I think, completely against the Saints. Yeah. And then yesterday, two interceptions, two interceptions and the fumble, although it's charged to the center. Which is – It's still – It's Jared Goff. I mean, the – You watch it. He the closed center his put the ball there. It wasn't a bad stab. I agree with you. I think that was – And that was a there crucial moment. There was no swamp moment. ass involved either. Definitely so even not. less reason to blame the center. Crucial moment of the game, right, Mike? I mean, it was ni- – uh, I believe it was at the, that moment it was 19-13, to 13, and the Lions had the ball. And he fumbles the snap, and you kind of felt like, ooh, man, you know, the Bears had some chances to maybe put them away. They didn't do it. The Lions are going to hang around and upset the Bears like they did a few weeks ago. He fumbles that snap, right? They, they get a field goal, or they, they get the touchdown there. And then the next drive, the Lions go for it on fourth down and don't get it. They get stopped, and that converts to a, a Bears field goal, and that put, put the Lions away. The way this is currently crumbling for the Lions is going to be hell to pay in the offseason, and the fans are going to want Goff gone. 
they're mm. going to want golf gone. Whether yeah. it's Hendon Hooker next year or somebody else, they're going to want golf gone. And I'm sorry. I mean, it's just we're, we're just analyzing the game. Somebody gave me a hard time last week because I wrote that golf better get his act together and he's going to be gone. I've, oh, you're eating your words now because he didn't have any turnovers against the Saints. Like, it doesn't change the fact that he had six in two games. Yeah. He's got to see this through. Right. Because – He's going to get you to a certain level, and he's not going to get you beyond that. Well, and the Lions are going to want to get beyond that. I hear and you. so, all right, thank you, Jared. You got us to here. Now we're going to use the guy who's going to get us here. Yeah. Whether I, it's Hooker that they used a second-round pick on right, or somebody else. Right, so. who I think they really like and all that. But, but yeah, you're right. The offense isn't delivering for him right now, and he's not the kind of guy that's going to pull everybody through in a tough moment. That's not what he's going to do. I will defend him in the fact, too, of – you know, they need some more splash players. That, that's, to me, hey, they, they exceeded expectations last year. We might have put them a little too much on a pedestal this year. They only have one marquee front seven player in Aiden Hutchinson. They really have nobody in the secondary you look at to go, ooh, wow. The linebackers are good. They're not great, right? And then we talk about the same thing you've heard me talk about the last few weeks. The Bears play man-to-man. They're like Kansas City. They play more man-to-man. They play man-to-man on every play. Detroit could not separate from them. That is the issue. And then golf isn't going to make laser beam throws or buy time and do that. And that's where it's kind of hurting right now with Detroit. So the Lions are 9-4. and four. Yeah. The Vikings are 7-6. and six. Whoa. The Vikings play the Lions twice. twice. The Vikings control their destiny. Ooh, yeah. The Lions got what? The Broncos? No. Yeah. Then they got Cowboys Vikings, and Cowboys, Vikings twice. Vikings, yeah. right, yeah. So, not that the Vikings are going to beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, because I don't think they will. But if they should, they get the Lions and Packers at home. Yeah. Then at Detroit, they could still win that division somehow, which is ludicrous to think they even have a chance, especially the way their offense performed yesterday. I don't know that we have it in the rundown, but I don't even want it in the rundown. Josh Dobbs, it's over. Nick Mullins. Maybe it's starting, but I don't think it's going to last very long either. I think Jaron Hall is going to be in there eventually. All right, let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. All comes down. Joe Mixon just asked if uh, he thinks this is a playoff team. He started his answer by saying, damn right. What, what do you think? Is this a playoff team? Damn right. <laughs> Is it a playoff team? Damn right, says Jake Browning. He's got a completion percentage of nearly 80%, the highest in league history for a guy's first three games. And they have the Vikings coming to town on Saturday. He was with the Vikings 2019 through 2021, I believe. So he's got a little history there. Yeah, sure. And now Jake Browning, a chance to continue to push the Bengals on an unlikely playoff run. We just assume when Joe Burrow was out for the year, they're done. Lost to the Steelers in the first game, but now they've won two in a row. The Monday night game against Jacksonville, turn it around, and they look great against the Colts. You and I disagreed on Bears-Lions. You were right with the Bears. We disagreed on Colts-Bengals. I was right with the Bengals. And both games weren't really all that close. No, right, right. I mean, it, it was uh, to me, this is definitely one of the surprising performances of the day. You know, I was a little bit like, I got to see Jake Browning in this offense do this one more time before I kind of buy into it. I'm, I'm amazed at how much he looks like Joe Burrow. You know, the offense is executing at a pretty damn high level. They're making big plays. It's not like it's offensive struggles. I mean... You know, it's Higgins down the field. It's Jamar Chase down the field. It's big screen passes to Joe Mixon. And Chase Brown, the rookie running back out of Illinois, had a few big plays in the past game. So, you know, that's where the big play bangles are there. And I think more more to that point is, you know, the defense hanging in there. 
I, I worried about the defense as many big plays as they've let up this year and what they've done. I just thought, man, Shane Steichen, this Colts O-line, they should be able to run the ball a little bit. But uh, the Bengals, I think they're showing you a little bit and going, hey, wait, wait, we went to the AFC Championship tw- two years in a row. It wasn't just all Joe Burrow. We're a pretty damn good team here. And some of the things that have shook out in the AFC, they're very, very much alive. And, man, they still get a lot of good players and playmakers on both sides of the ball. Great receivers, potent defense, running game still there. And you have a quarterback who knows the system. Yeah, that's He's right. He's been there right. for a couple of years now. So there's the advantage when the starter gets injured in this year of the quarterback injury, the backup who knows the system has the advantage and Jake Brown and getting it done and the Bengals in the thick of things in the AFC. And the Colts had been, and the Colts still are. It was just kind of a disappointing showing from a team that was trending in the right direction, had a nice little winning streak going. They finally hit their ceiling. Yeah. They got the Steelers on Saturday. Right. Three great games on Saturday. Vikings, Bengals, right? Steelers, Colts, and Lions, Broncos. Wow! All impactful, significant awesome. games on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, hey, the Colts, their secondary is not good. That's one of the biggest problems with their football team, you know. And then I was surprised that their offense got stymied the way, like, I, like I said, they really only put one drive together the whole game. They had another drive early on where they missed a 38-yard field goal, but their one sole touchdown drive was a 17-play, 79-yard drive. It went on forever, and it wasn't easy. Their other touchdown came on a pick six from Jake Browning, right? Other than that, you know, that's something that hopefully Cincinnati can can lean on a little bit. Their D has you know, perform below expectations this year, right? I don't think I'm saying anything crazy there. There's second last defense in all of football. I never would have thought that. It still doesn't seem right when you talk about it and say it out loud, but we'll see. There is a culture of winning there and a toughness and a grittiness in Cincinnati that Zach, Zach Taylor's in, instilled in all of them. We'll see if they can keep it going. Well, I got to give him credit, too. It was 14 nothing, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's 14 all. 14 all. And the Bengals... They just answered right back. And next thing you know, it's uh, 34-14 final game. Put up that AFC graphic. I think this is amazing. When you see the sixth seed, the seventh seed, and the next four teams all have the same damn record. Does it feel – I mean, do you you sit here and look at the sixth and seventh seed, and I don't mean this disrespect to either one of those teams. They're the weakest two teams. They're the the weakest two teams out of the teams that are in the hunt, really. I I mean, that's the way I kind of look at it, at least. And let alone, you know, Houston's got Stroud, the Broncos got Wilson, and the Bills got Josh Allen. And, of course, Cincinnati's been to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game back-to-back years. So there's something there that's tangible that you feel like is a little more proven than the Steelers and Colts at this point. Well, look at it this way. Steelers-Colts play each other on Saturday. One of them is going to go to 7-7 seven and seven and fall out of yeah. the 6 or 7 spot. Right. And one of those four teams is going to jump into it. So it's going to be subject to change each and every week. But six teams in a chase with the same damn record for the final four weeks of the season. For two playoff spots, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Tiebreakers, and it's just that Browns win help. They're kind of settling in as the five seed, but again, yeah. it's all subject to change. Yeah. Four games is a lot. That is almost a full fourth of the season, and this is where the teams that are the true contenders step up. Right. We're going to step off for a second or two when we return. Some of the big injuries from the 14th Sunday of the 2023 regular season next here on PFT Live. This was November 26, 2007. 
Heinz Field. The last 3-0 The last 3 nothing game before yesterday. The punt that did not bounce. Look at that. It teed itself Stuck up. Stuck it right into the ground. Alan Rossum is waiting for the bounce. There was no bounce. <laughs> that is amazing. Steelers would win the game 3 nothing. Yesterday, the Vikings beat the Raiders 3 nothing. Two no games yesterday. No that rain was involved. It the first 3 first nothing game indoors ever. There's never been a 3 nothing game played inside of a dome. And, uh, hey, the Vikings get the win, but along the way they've lost Justin Jefferson again. He was taken to a hospital after a chest injury. He got hit hard in the first half. Clean hit. Yeah. Clean hit shoulder to the midsection. But Jefferson out for the game, left the hospital and traveled back to Minnesota with the team. But he got hit. He got rocked there. That 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 is that is painful. Oh, Look at that. Yes. Yeah, those are, you know, lacerated kidney type shots. That's what happens a lot of those times. So splenectomy. Splenectomy, right? Yeah. All of that. I see the side ones. It seems to usually be the the kidney there. Yeah, but uh you, you know, we've talked about the Vikings D is awesome. We love the coach. We've talked about the Raiders defensive coach and Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator. They're damn good on that side too, right? I think they've exceeded their their expectations as far as the talent they have on the football field. But damn, I mean, I didn't expect to go three, nothing, three, nothing. And like, I don't know. You correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't feel like anybody was even a threat to score except for one drive. The Raiders had, they hit a big throw to Renfro. They hit another big throw to Renfro and he fumbled. And that was like one of the few times all game where I was like, Oh, somebody's driving and moving here. Look at this. Greg Jovis, Joseph had missed a 49-yard field goal. Oh, that's earlier right. In early in the game, he I forgot about the that. one. Yep. It became the game winner. And then that's they right. were lined up in field goal formation with seconds left. And it's like, why are you kicking a field goal here? You're going to have to kick off to him, and you're going to be up 6 nothing. Well, they punted out of that, which was yeah, smart. Right. So, right. Uh, so, yeah, the Vikings get the win. The defense plays well. Nick Mullins comes in for Josh Dobbs. We'll see who the starter is this weekend. I have a feeling they're going to stick with Mullins. I would the, think the so. Dobbs candle has burned out in Minnesota. Yeah, ten of twenty-three. The turnovers in the game against the Bears, all that. It's just it's it's been a little shaky. Just that, a little too frenetic. Right. A little too much thinking. Taking right. a lot of big hits. Yeah. Holding the ball Holds too the long. Holding the ball too long. Yeah. Right. A little too much last play of the game type. Of, I'm breaking a tackle. I'm going to try to throw it here. Oh, like it's just it, it, it's a lot right now. Definitely. The Texans were upset by the Jets on Sunday. Great game from Zach Wilson. That was 0-0 zero, zero in the He third should be reluctant too. to play every week. <laughs> well, that was the it was the first time since 1988 that two games were scoreless at the half on Jeez. the same day. So, not a lot of points in New York, but in the second half it exploded for the Jets and CJ Stroud with under 7 minutes to play hit his head against that very hard surface at MetLife Stadium. People complain about it all the time and uh you know, we didn't know what it was at first, but it was the head off of the turf. Always look for that fencing posture. See those arms come up? Yeah. He breaks out of it quickly, yeah. but it's that involuntary reaction where your arms come up like that, and he's in the concussion protocol. They play the Titans at home next week, or no, in Tennessee, excuse me. And you know, it's kind of like the, the bubble burst on them in one day. Yeah. Like they were the darlings and he's an MVP candidate. And just in one afternoon, it all, it's not done, yeah. but it just feels like it goes away. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't feel like you can have that type of performance or the performance against the Carolina Panthers and be the MVP of football. Right. That's just kind right. of my it's thought. It's disqualifying. A little bit disqualifying. There's no doubt. He's still awesome. I certainly didn't see that coming, right? We talked about last week, D'Amico Ryan, Robert Sala. They're both from the 49ers. They were working there to 
together, you know, which one will be able to maybe teach their offense how to attack the other team's defense a little bit there. We've seen the Texans move the ball just about on everybody, right? They couldn't do Jack Diddley squat yesterday. Again, you saw the Jets' defense is top-notch. If their offense was better, I don't think there's any doubt they'd be a top-five defense in the game. Their offense has been a struggle. But, man, in the rain, horrible elements. And Zach Wilson threw the ball like it was a dry, sunny day, and he had no issues. It really was incredible. I'm actually interested, and I'm saying this out loud, to watch film of the Jets' offense just to see what they did to kind of expose the Texans' defense that we really haven't seen any offense do that to them here recently. So uh, that was a surprise here to, for the Texans to get their butts whooped the way they did up here in, in New Jersey. And, Chris, whatever was or wasn't true last week about Zach Wilson wanting to play, not wanting to play, this is part of the foundation he's laying for his future, presumably somewhere yeah, else. right. But, you know, who knows? He plays well enough down the stretch, and they decide to keep him around for the fourth year of his rookie deal where he can still reside under the wing of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Maybe that's his best play. Yeah, maybe. As long as he doesn't have to play, that's his best play. If Rodgers would get hurt again next year, week yeah. one, then you think, uh-oh, maybe we don't put this guy back in. But I, I we all want what's best for the men who are giving their lives to the sport. Yeah. And when guys play poorly, they get criticized for it. It does seem more harsh the higher you're drafted. If you're playing for the Jets, right. they want it now. They want better. They right. want this. And they're going to label you a certain way. So it was refreshing and it was rewarding to see him come have the best game of his career, as Robert Sala yeah, said right? afterwards. It ain't been easy for him. He hasn't been necessarily just set up for like, oh, hey, here you go. Here's a great team, great coaching on the offensive side of the ball. Take, you'll, you'll take over. It's been a struggle, let alone, yeah, New York media, New York media the Jets fan base, right? Uh, you've heard me complain that they let the players and the Jets talk a little too much to the media and say things there. That's all added to more pressure on Zach Wilson Good job by him, you know, answering the bell in a big way yesterday. And they, they really dominated the second half of that game. And finally, Justin Herbert, who had the broken finger on his non-throwing hand earlier this year, now has the bookend, has the matching Ooh. pair. He's got the fractured finger on his throwing hand. I, I, I can't figure out where he did it here, right? This was, did he hit it on the throw? Right? Did he just his the finger? I don't know if we could show it one more time here, but it's it's hard to figure out. I don't think he did it falling to the ground, but they're saying index finger, right? That's what you're hearing, which is the pointer finger, yeah. and I think the least important finger to throw the football. So can he make this happen? I mean, the big soldier I know will try. We'll see if he can do it, but it's, it's going to be tough yeah, on the absolutely. throwing hand. Well, and when you have those big, giant quarterback ET fingers, they're more likely to get broken like you. You mean like this <laughs> Yeah, let's take a break. <laughs> we, we, have, we have two Monday night games to preview in 40 seconds or less. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. For the first time ever, two Monday night games kicking off at the same damn time. Oh, I don't no. like it. They don't ask us. I know. I want to watch one game at a time. You have multiple TVs in your barn, though, so you should be yeah, okay. Yeah, but I want to hear it. I know. I want to hear it. It's hard to focus. We deal with that every Sunday. First world problem. Well, you problems. listen to Joe and Troy, and then you just got to watch the other one. Packers, Giants, Titans, Dolphins. I assume you're going to focus on Packers, Giants. I think that'll be on the big screen for sure. You know, I, I feel like that's the game that, to me, I, you know, again, I think both games can be sneaky competitive. Let's go Dolphins. But my, my best bets. Best bets, you're right. Give it 13. I, I would think Vrabel and company have something at least to manage that offense a little bit. 
you know, let's see if they can run the ball in Miami and kind of shorten the game and chew up some clock. That'll be interesting. And then, you know, the Packers, their offense, what they've been doing is phenomenal. Christian Watson's out, though. Hamstring I know. Jair Alexander's out. So I the know. Johnson, Tommy DeVito, he's, he's hey, a back. It's a, this is a he's big a one. Back. The Packers need it. And before we go. And, and no, the G-men don't Look stay. at this. Yeah. Somebody sent this from the All-22. Oh, uh, this is great. This removes all doubt. Because you see the hash marks. Yes. His the foot's... ball is clearly behind. The 49. And his foot is at the hash mark. Yeah. Clearly, indisputably, obviously. Yeah. His foot's Kadarius at the Tony 48 and three quarters mark. The ball's at the 49 and a half yard line. We can't just in the NFL just go, well, it's a big moment. We're going to let you commit penalties and not call it. We rest our case. See you Thank tomorrow. you, counselor. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.